work at it. You yeah. just work at it. And it's not a switch that gets flipped. It's not, I haven't attained perfection. I, you know, like, but I'm going to keep going because at the end of the day, like, this is part of who I am and this is what I need to do to get through it. And I, I have shit to say and I'm pissed off with the way the world is enough that mm -hmm. I made an album about it. That's a big fuck you to everybody. <laughs> and I'm going to yell it from the, the mountaintops because I, I think that things need to be different. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Feeding Curiosity. I'm your host, Eric Wenzel, as always. And Feeding Curiosity, as you know, is all about exploring the precarity of human experience and think, question, and synthesize wherever your curiosity takes you. In today's episode, we are joined by St. Ripley, a Chicago-based hip-hop artist. Uh, and in this episode, we go pretty deep on his background on where he got his musical tastes and how it shaped him uh, from punk rock shows to his first exposures to hip hop. And we just try to unravel what it was like for him experiencing and why he has latched on to this particular style of music and why it just means so much to him. And the other reason being he's on the show is this is as much about his past as it is his future and he will be releasing his first full full-length album thoughts and prayers um and just shares the emotions and stories behind it and how much it's, it's part of him but also him articulating what he sees in the world and it's goes pretty deep and i really really enjoy it and the other side of it is it's just adding more to someone who's following their own path there, there's there's nothing here other than this is what he sees his purpose for and he's going for it he's putting everything he can into this thing and every little bit i can do to add to that is just really powerful for me to just wrap up here before we get into the episode the album thoughts and prayers again will be releasing this friday uh july 26th episodically so from here on out there will be one episode a week and you can find all the links on the show notes and stuff like that on feedingcustody.net for this podcast and you'll be able to just kind of enjoy this story as it unfolds. It's really interesting. And I hope you all take the time to check it all out because he's put a lot of work into this. And on top of that, he's been gracious enough to give us a sample of the first song releasing, which is The Man Who Gave It All. You'll get a one minute clip right after this before we start the conversation. So with that, everybody, please enjoy this conversation with St. Ripley. Only a fool thinks he can solve the world's problems. Yeah, but you gotta try, don't you? Half of me lost on my path. Run like hell to make it back, make it back, make it back. Lately felt them too attached, my view been convoluted. How I speak and act, reflecting that. See, all I need's a better me. Turn some friends to enemies. We, we lost the fucking fee, we suffer because we crave the killer shed. It gotta learn to breathe. The world won't crush you, crush you, crush you. The world won't crush you. Crush you, crush you, crush you, crush you. You let the world go crush you. 
and the world gon' crush you. But only if you let it. What's up, guys? What's up? On another episode of Feeding Curiosity, joined by Jordan Chris, per usual. Yep. <laughs> and first time guest, Nate Hansen. Hey, what's going on? How's it going, man? Not bad. How are you? Pretty good. Finally got you on the show. Me and Jordan probably name dropped you. I don't even know how many times. A lot. A lot. <laughs> You're probably on like every other episode. <laughs> Appreciate that. <Yeah. laughs> Except that one where you guys are talking mad shit. Yeah. I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember where that was now. Thanos is about to snap you out of existence. Wait, <laughs> Were you guys talking shit in an episode? <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> like, to go, yeah, like, it got a little quiet and awkward in here for a second. Like, what episode was like, that? Oh, Fuck. No, I was, like, trying to think. I'm like, we talking shit about Herrera. Yeah. That's <laughs> Poor to. Herrera. Yeah. yeah. Eric, I love you, man. I'm sorry they do that to you. I'm not I, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Jordan country music. Oh, dude, I can't. <laughs> I try to give it justice. I just can't give it anything. I don't know. How do you feel about country music? I feel like I've asked you this before. Oh, I appreciate all kinds of music. It's just not my thing, right? Like, I don't... I mean, just as I'm not going back and, like, listening to classical music, I don't... It doesn't mean I don't understand it or appreciate it. It's just not for me. You know what I mean? I think I was more anti, you know, country when I when i was younger and now i was just like <laughs> you do you if that's what makes you tick then that's great you know i think in, with and like in with any genre there's um you know positives and negatives to it too about lyrical content and all that yeah and i had a buddy over the other day and he put some country song on and it's just guy talking about like slamming you know a 12 pack a night or something I'm pbrs like, let's go i'm like so you're just like glorifying alcoholism <laughs> what, I, what i said i'm like we get enough of that with like in i mean in any genre it's yeah. it can be that like right now it's like zan and molly mm -hmm. and hip-hop you know so mm. you know me shitting on some dude who's talking about drinking at 12 packs like whatever yeah <laughs> yeah that's true we're inclusive about everything except country on this podcast yeah i just can't <laughs> i just and i legitimately try it i'm like man this sucks like, i don't listen to it don't yeah. do it. i definitely don't listen to it yeah but so i'm with you there yeah it's funny um okay so i know you like this person taylor swift i know you're a fan i like to i there's <laughs> one album I, I fucking love 1989 that record is phenomenal yeah. absolutely phenomenal this is not where i was expecting this to go <laughs> <laughs> um her other stuff has never really done it for me i tried to listen to reputation i was just kind of like no <laughs> you know um and then she put out a new single with like the dude from panic at the disco and i think i almost vomited in my mouth i was just like <laughs> bro i don't know so i i i liked where she was i thought 1989 was phenomenal but um beyond that i haven't um it's not that it's bad because there are like good songs on reputation and everything. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't like, I wasn't crazy about um, the guy from panic at the disco. Cause I really <laughs> don't like that guy. So, um, but beyond that, yeah, I mean, she's, she's great. So yeah. The reason I bring her up is cause uh, a couple of years ago now, maybe last year, even she mm -hmm. put out a cover song to remember by earth, wind and fire. You guys definitely know. know the song. Mm -hmm. Like, if you heard it, you would know it. Maybe. It's like in every other movie ever. You know what I mean? Okay. It's like super. Okay, it's so probably it their most popular song. Mm -hmm. uh, you may just not know it by name, but. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. So she did a cover to it and, like, really, it's like a funky, kind of, like, fun, kind of dance, like, make you want to move song. Mm -hmm. And she, like, really, like, stripped it down and, like, creatively, 
I get it. Cool. Like you're trying to put your spin on it, mm-hmm. but just no, like not, with, like <laughs> not that. And so I, I uh, actually the other day I showed my parents we were eating for the fourth and chilling. I'm like, I just want your opinion on this. And I just played it. And the, the second they realized what it was, my, they were both like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> it was so funny, their reaction. They're like, absolutely not. They're like, you can't do that. She can't do that. <laughs> I was like, she tried, but she missed like she really missed that's funny but that's the thing as artists we miss the mark sometimes you know what i mean and like especially when you're that high up in the food chain i mean she's arguably one of the biggest artists in the world right now right that's true it has been for a while right like (laughs) it's uh people are just gonna gas you and say they like oh this is great this is great this is great you know what i mean and the studio is just worried about like can we make money off of this? Great. Right. Oh, we can? We're going to do it for a movie? Great. They're going to give us X amount of dollars or whatever it is, yeah. you know? Right. Um, so, yeah, there's there's that to consider, too. <laughs> yeah, you, you get curious thinking, like, do they have someone in their life that's like, no, honey, this is dog <laughs> shit. <laughs> this is just dog shit yeah. and you're offending everyone. You know, like, I don't know. I haven't heard the song, so I couldn't attest to it. Oh, before we get out, like, at yeah, the yeah. end, I'll play it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. Uh, I'll definitely put links in the show notes so people mm-hmm. can experience both sides of the coin here. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. So, Nate, let's just let's roll it back before we get too tangenty. <laughs> Where is your, because you're obviously... It's a, both parts of filthy hands in the room for the first time. Yeah. Never been in a room together. <laughs> not in this room. Actually, the first time we met. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot taller than I expected. Yeah. <laughs> you guys just create music online. You never even see yeah. each other. Yeah, I yeah. thought you were Hispanic. <laughs> <laughs> but where did your music interest start? Where did my music interest start? Okay, so. Oh, shit. I've always really, like, once I was old enough to figure out what it was. I mean, I grew up on it. I grew up mm-hmm. on everything. Like, my dad listened to a lot of Motown and Elvis and Pretenders. Like, there's all sorts of music in my life, like, as a kid. Um, and I always appreciated that. And was <laughs> back growing up, I always heard my mom always played in the car, Oldies 104.3. Mm-hmm. I don't know if any. Did you guys yeah. grow up on Oh, yeah. Oldies 104.3. <laughs> Chicago. Um, So, yeah, it's been that's what I grew up on. And then that eventually formed into like, oh, I'm going to have my own music interests. And at that point, I think maybe third, fourth grade or whatever, you you know, it's just popular, whatever is popular at the time. So I think we probably my brothers and I picked up like a, you know, probably like an NSYNC CD. I think it was. It was uh, the white one. I don't know. It had like the blue stripes on it. I vaguely remember. It actually might be over there in the stack of CDs somewhere still. (laughs) (laughs) Like legitimately. Maybe in your car. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Who has CD players in their car nowadays? I do. I I still have it. Oh, well. (laughs) I got Bluetooth. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I use my Bluetooth more than anything. So, yeah, it started. We moved into, uh, I mean, we had a very short stint of popular music, mm-hmm. which was at the time like Britney Spears and yep. Hanson, and which was that was hell growing up. I'm one of three boys. Yeah. Last name Hanson. Oh, oh no. Hanson, like the Hanson brothers. Oh, and there are three of you. Oh my God. It's like, oh my God. It's like even the, fir- the first memories of being irate with people for no other fucking reason than my own last name. Uh, growing up, oh my gosh. Anyway, so um, you got you got uh, trained for stardom from the beginning. <laughs> trained, yeah. 
all three of us were going to just form a super group. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. So after that, shortly, shortly thereafter, I moved into um, more gritty shit. Like mm-hmm. I, I just went like polar opposite, Slipknot and Corn oh, wow. before, and this was like in the. I think it was right before Iowa came out. I don't know. Do you, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Slipknot. But like, their, their first two like major releases are like really gritty, like mm-hmm. you know, like fuck everything right, kind of yeah. attitude. Like, People yeah. equal shit is like one the of the songs in there. Punkstein kind of stuff where it's really. They're no, they're from. Um, I mean, this was ninety. Yeah, this would be like late nineties. Nineties, yeah. So I think. They just hit like a 20 year anniversary Got or something okay. like that mm-hmm. for, for their self-titled album, maybe even 25, something like that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's what I was getting into. And then it moved into more like industrial rock with and um, punk. Yeah. So, and that's kind of where mm-hmm. I, that my teenage years where you're like industrial rock, punk and psychobilly and that kind of thing. So it's been all over the place. And then I got introduced to hip hop. I really didn't uh, keep in mind that this at this point in time it was night it was early 2000s so Mm -hmm. god what's the term um for that kind of hip-hop that was uh, ringtone rap yeah it was ringtone rap era and yeah it sucks (laughs) yeah so (laughs) i've never heard of that term before it's just very like Like all the soldier boy hits and stuff yeah no keeps me through the front yeah that kind of shit and then um, auto-tune being really yeah, it was even use, before like yeah. T Pain and stuff. It was like Lil John, and okay. you know what I mean. So yeah. my idea of hip hop, especially being a white kid growing up in a predominantly white suburb, like was like that's what hip hop was. So, like, <laughs> if, you know, yeah. like it's just it just felt cheesy and like. Yep. But it was just I I was misinformed. I didn't know, you know, I didn't know what else was out there. And mm-hmm. I had a friend who, at that time, he moved from uh, Gary, Indiana. And <laughs> this is fucking Nick Rouser. He'll I'll point him in the direction of this so he can listen to it. But <laughs> is just like this goofy kid. He's like uh, he came into school. And I was one of like his first friends, and like he had turned me on to hip hop eventually. And he's like, "No, you're just listening to the wrong shit." Like um, we were in like a photographer. We went we took like a photography class together, which was at a vocational school because the school didn't want to deal with me. <laughs> so they're like. <laughs> You can get shipped off for, for <laughs> half the day. Uh, so we would just sit in the sit in the dark room and like I, you know, we just kind of I always hog the the speakers and eventually he's like, no man, like let me show you some shit. And then he started he showed me like Tupac and Atmosphere. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like I, like it was like life changing. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it really really was because I was like, like this is real music now, right? Right. Like <laughs> well because it's like you can. I've always been an outspoken person and it like mm-hmm. it opened up this window of like it's you can literally say whatever the fuck you want and mm-hmm. like I I don't know I mean it still kind of gives me uh, it, it's still like it's yeah. exciting to think I, about I, I that can, feeling um, <laughs> I can see it written all over you yeah right now. yeah and it was uh so it was changed yeah it, it just it changed me it was, any specific songs that you remember oh uh, guns and cigarettes was the atmosphere one and um it was Gosh, what was it? It was something off of um You have to come back to it. Let me yeah. If you remember you can we can put it in the show notes. Yeah, no. I think it was I don't I want to say ambitions as a rider, but that's not it. It was on that record though. So cool. 
we can come back. Yeah, to yeah, for no sure. big deal. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, and then from there, as it evolved, from there, um, yeah, like what? Where was the point that, like, the inflection point that, like, when hmm. you thought you could actually start either writing or thinking about producing your own music? Oh God, um, I'd always like tried to. I'd like tried to start a few bands, but mm-hmm. I never really materialized. I'd like ask people, like, "Hey, do you want to be in a band together?" Yeah. And my brothers were always in it. Um, and like they're and then they're, they're in punk like bands. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, they were. So I was heavily involved in like the punk scene too mm-hmm. at this point. Got it. Okay. So, um, yeah, they started like I was just kind of around it all the time, going to punk shows every weekend. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Like yeah. I, had, I didn't go to start going to shows until early twenties, maybe like nineteen. Yeah, like no, Riot, we were, Riot Festival for the first time. Yeah, I was nineteen. So we like, made <laughs> we made sure to make make friends who could buy us cigarettes and like <laughs> drive us to places. Like we made a point to have older yeah. friends, um, so we could get into shit. You know, like right. we like getting into shit, and that's what the music was about too. Like a lot of punk rock was is Especially centered around that. like just you know fucking around and yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that was a big part of the identity too. And it's, there's also a lot of angst that's portrayed in, mm-hmm. in that kind of music. So yeah, that, uh, that built a lot of who I am too, you know? So yeah. Um, and then after that, I went through, went to college and I, I was frankly just like <laughs> that part of my life is just not i didn't really get be, I'll, I'll, I'll spare the details but long and short i wasn't involved in music or anything i was just kind of like yeah. floating trying to figure shit out just and in in the system of stuff basically. yeah yeah i was just figuring life out i guess it's, yeah it's sounds the, very similar to jordan's little pathway through college yeah at least like, academically yeah i feel like a lot of people have somewhat similar stories of college experience mm-hmm. you know what i mean now the mm-hmm. actual details might be different but like just kind of trying to figure stuff out. Yeah, what, or you, like what you get out of it is... Being in a haze, for lack of a better term. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was most certainly in a haze. <laughs> I think Jordan was too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was, I mean, it's... I feel like it's important to incense because it kind of sh- shows you who you are. You know what I mean? And, like, you kind of get to experience that, f- like, it's, like, otherworldly freedom that you didn't have here. And it's kind of like, yeah, mm-hmm. you can do whatever the hell yeah. you want. And you're no off, the, really you're off the leash anything. for the first time yeah. in your life. Like, literally, mm-hmm. there's no one there. At least presently to be like, hey, no, to you be know the what adult mean? Yeah, for the first time. So like, a lot of people go fucking crazy and just completely lose it and can't pull back from it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, there's, I'm sure there's people, you know, it's people I know that still haven't come back, and it's like just that those days Chill, are over, college days are over, you know. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's definitely an experience. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> and all that said, like, yes, yeah, so I 100% like have known people who weren't able to pull themselves back. And I think for a while there, I was kind of on that path too, but you don't blame it on whatever, blah, blah, blah. But like, (laughs) uh, yeah, I'm like, I've seen my way through it for the most part, you know? And I don't know. It's music has been, I think at a certain point, music, started to jump back in as a thing that like so, so it was something i always a, wanted have a back burner during that like it was in college? it was in my head and i'd like occasionally write you know yeah. occasionally because that's what i always wanted to do it i wanted to rap like right. that's because it gave me a voice that i didn't i didn't know how to express alternatively mm-hmm. there's no real way to do that you know right um so it was something i'd play around with here and there and then um yeah once i turned like I don't know. I, I think I was like 23 or 24 or something like that. It was shortly like shortly after. So my dad passed away when I was like just turned 23. And I think 
like shortly thereafter, I recorded my one of my first songs, which was to a Tupac beat. <laughs> and uh, I don't remember which one it was, but um, it was cool. I enjoyed it. And then I did an EP with my brother and we recorded it in the basement and I threw him a little money and then another one, I think. And then Jordan and I started working together and we did a couple projects together and then yeah, I mean, it, it got to a point where it was like, it's like, all right, I got to start being like this. If this is what I want, I got to be serious about it. So right. I started doing it more seriously. And then like now I'm at a point where I think by last count, six or seven EPs in total, I want to say mm-hmm. like two solo, two with two or three with Jordan, one with my brother. Maybe it's, yeah, it's something like that. Yeah, yeah something I, like that. Off the top of my head, stuff. Like, writing it down. Yeah. So and it just. I had always had in the back of my head that like, I'm going to do like a very Chicago record. Like I'm going mm-hmm. to move to the city and like, Oh, nice. this is what I'm going to do. I'm yeah. going to move to the city. I'm going to make a, an album with Chicago producers and Chicago rappers and Chicago artists and people I admire. And, um, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. I eventually just, um, I, I did it. I'm, I'm here now. It's like the album's done. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, it's part of the reason why you're here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just, it's crazy to be here. Like, and, and like, just, I, I'm at the end of it. You know right, what I mean? Yeah. At the end of like, I finally completed that goal. Yeah. And then now it's like, all right, time to do it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? so, so what what was it like? Well, first there's two parts of this question. First mm-hmm. one is why, why the Chicago idea, like the culture of Chicago. And then the second one is just the creative process of going through this solo album and, finishing this whole project and possibly your your name change or that rebrand, oh, i guess yeah too. yeah so that, that's a those are that's a lot yeah <laughs> there's a lot in that like let's start it yeah so start with the first one that was um what was it, it was chicago. <laughs> why chicago? chicago why chicago <laughs> yeah um because i mean i'm i'm not like i i've grown up in the suburbs not mm-hmm. far from here and i've something that's always inspired me is being the just local music scene like there was a local punk rock scene that i was a part of yeah and i watched everybody else collaborate like that in a punk in the punk environment and i mm-hmm. thought that was like the fucking coolest thing and why not do it with hip-hop you know what i mean <laughs> like that's and it's it's so much more fluid in hip-hop too because you buy beats from people mm-hmm. and you pay for features and like so it made sense it's just like okay this is what it literally how yeah. how how it works the collaboration like, seems way, like it makes more sense for hip-hop than it does for Right. Punk. Mm-hmm. Right. Punk is bands. Right. Yeah. But that's how, I mean, that's how bands form is you just meet people at yeah, shows. Anyway, true. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But that's, um, so that was the idea there is like, I saw other people doing it and, um, why, why not me? Like mm-hmm. I want to, and I'm most certainly talented enough. It took, you know, and it took me a long time. I, I, I don't like the word talent. I, I think the word talent is kind of bullshit, but cause it's a, if perseverance, any, perseverance. Yeah. I, I was determined enough to be, to get good at it. You know yeah. what I mean? And now I'm like, I don't say I'm the best by any stretch of the imagination. I'm like, <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. But I'm not like, I'm not a, a great, I haven't mastered my craft fully. I think right. I'm, I'm, I'm the last rapper you're going to ever hear be like, you know, gassing myself. Like, <laughs> I, I think it's important to be honest with ourselves because I think that's in real life. We need to be the same people. So yeah. anyway. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I've seen lots of three lines between both of your guys. Yeah. There's a reason why we get along. <laughs> you know I mean? yeah. So. yeah. And then so the second one was just explaining the process for this new album and possibly the, the, the name change. 
or uh so the process for the album um some of the songs date one of the songs dates back five years wow um jordan was originally on it but it, it, it took a different turn and mm-hmm. um that song's called new american dream it's the second song um so that that comes out well I'll, I'll tell you about the whole release thing in, in a bit but yeah. um the process it's like <laughs> there's just so many ups and downs and emotions that go into <laughs> it and like i didn't know i i've always written concept albums that's always what i wanted to do mm-hmm. filthy hands kind of gave me the freedom gave us the freedom to like not necessarily or me not to feel so confined to like i have to do this concept album mm-hmm. kind of yeah. thing right um, and it can be just more fun. I can just write five to seven songs and put them on an EP and right. like, like that's it. They're mm-hmm. just bangers, you know? Right. They don't uh, have to have a through line between each right. song. Mm-hmm. And I think it, there is a, a bit of an attempt on zero one yeah. to where those are all kind of tied together, but yeah. not conceptually with a story. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was years in the making. I uh, really wanted to make like, something that was paid homage to my punk rock roots, very fuck America. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and also like still talk about like my emotional roller coaster that I've gone through and my changes that have changed me. And I think this album perfectly captivates, you know, the change that we can all go through as an individual. Mm-hmm. Um, and also still has very much that fuck America feeling to it, yeah. you know, um, that really tells people like, you know, it doesn't have to be this way. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. I, without getting too much in the album and everything, but yeah, yeah, that was, that was the idea. And the whole process to do that, just was sitting down and writing it, <laughs> you yeah. know, like you just sit down and you find whatever, cultivate whatever motion you have that day and really try to put a uh, pen to pad and, some days you're talking about drug addiction and some days you're talking about a breakup mm-hmm. or, you know, um, like there's a song about my dad passing on there yeah. in our relationship. So it's, there's a lot of different things, a lot of different emotions that you go through and each mm-hmm. song kind of captivates itself in its own way. And yeah, so it's a different process for each one, but if you yeah. want to get into the more nitty gritty of like, process of each writing a song i mean that's a whole different podcast right, yeah <laughs> i mean it's more of, it's more of just a generic like yeah for you it sounds like it's just about capturing the emotion and uh, yeah articulating I guess, it yeah i've been asked that question before so i'm like kind of stumbling through my words here okay. but yeah <laughs> working through it you yeah know? <laughs> no, I, I mean that's you know that's part of it not, yeah. not a lot of people get to ask you <laughs> yeah. hard-hitting questions like that so it's okay to be like i don't know yeah i'm like <laughs> searching my mind as we're talking yeah so um, it's all good that's cool. really cool. I, I, I really like that. And I, I resonate with it because it sounds similar to how Jordan's process and how he's articulated to me and mm-hmm. in a lot of the forms of writing he does. Um, and then from there is it, just uh, conceptually, what, what does Saint Ripley mean for you, for, Ooh, for your artist good. Good one. name? Yeah. And I, I should also add, like, you, you say it sounds a lot like Jordan, you know, like how we write. I think yeah. we also grew up as we were really kind of coming into our own as creatives mm-hmm. as yeah. we were writing filthy hands. You know yes. what I mean? Like we both yeah. had like a couple, you know, songs or projects or whatever yeah. before filthy hands. But like, that was really what, like we were able to talk and collaborate and like, how, yeah. how's this done? You know, like, yeah. yeah. And really learn from each other. So it's like when we work together, when we work together on something, it, um, in- inevitably like 
our styles became similar. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And to be fair, you were a little further ahead by the time when we met. Um, cause you had, I don't remember if it was out already or it was like at the tail end, but when we met, you were that first record you did was, I think I was releasing transition, which was the second EP yeah. I did. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't out. Cause I remember we did, uh, Lidded. Fuck the world's on or Lidded's on there. Yeah, yeah. Lidded's on there and Fuck the World's on that one too, right? Yeah. 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 So that I had so met we did two you songs. When you were, like kinda wow. at the tail end. Right. So you yeah. were kinda coaching me, like, oh, this you gotta do this and that. Cause I had been used to just kind of going I mean, I was in school at the time, so I was just going to someone's dorm room and like trapping myself in a corner <laughs> in the room and then just kind of playing it and being like, All right, that's cool. Like, you know what I mean? So it was mm-hmm. really not uh, I guess professional. You know what I mean? Right. It was just sense. like mixtape kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Which know. was cool. You know, I kind of taught me how to do this and that. But then you were stepped in. And you're like, oh, no, like, this is how you do it. And then we can, like, conceptualize videos with it. And I was just like, oh, there's a lot more to this. And there's like, a lot more to it. Yeah. And you meet different people who know different things. Like, you've, you've always been a better rapper than me. Like, always just way more articulate, better, like, faster, just run circles around me. And I think that you know challenged me when we first met like yeah i was i had in like the sense of like oh here's how you do it like stylistically or mm-hmm. as you you know go into a, a studio or you do it this way you know record mm-hmm. this way um and part of that's thanks to my you know upbringing and my brothers having you know my brother having some of the equipment and right. whatnot and being able mm-hmm. to teach me that mm-hmm. um but there are other things you know that's there's shit i was learning from you too you know what right. i mean so it's you learn as you go and you learn learn different things from different people until you can really like learn how to make money off of it (laughs) that's really (laughs) i'm just waiting for that tipping point to come and uh i don't think i'm that far off i'm just hoping that it's i my goal is the end of the year so Mm yeah 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 i mean i think that's just the hardest thing for anybody who's pursuing a quote-unquote solo path or a path not trodden by mm-hmm. the, the traditional standard of, you know, nine to five, as I like to describe it as, you know, when you're on your own path creating a thing that only you can create, it's, you know, that finding out where that <laughs> the mm-hmm. gold mine is, mm-hmm. is is a struggle for everybody and yeah. nobody can say, yeah, do this every time and you'll make money from yeah. it because it just doesn't work that way. Yeah. <laughs> Entrep- entrepreneurship, and I know you don't like that term, yeah. Eric, but... It really We're is gonna say it anyway. <laughs> yeah, it really is if you think about it, because you're kind of, you are the business. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, in music sense, like, yeah, you're the artist, but you're also the brand. You yeah. Know what I mean, exactly. And, um, so you have to kind of build, not kind of, you have to build you your are. brand. You know what I mean? Yeah. You have to. So you're effectively an entrepreneur, and it's mm-hmm. not creating something to be bigger to yeah. live off of is never easy. You I know think what I mean? which sucks but it's you know what i mean right i think the best question to ask here then is because it's like evolution evolutionary speaking it's like what is the like foundationally it was like filthy hands and then now it's evolving into this new stage right with mm-hmm. this next album release so where did filthy hands come from or at least what does it stand for for you guys as like your <laughs> i texted him one day and i go filthy hands he goes yes <laughs> <laughs> i love those i love those moments <laughs> It took so long, though, I think. It took, I, yeah, it took us a couple of months. Yeah, it took some time. We were, it was just kind of like, you don't want to force it, <laughs> you know? No. So, yeah. It was, uh, and that's... Um, and your shirts, by the way, dope. I still love those shirts. Yeah. He wears it all the time with... The filth one, the, yeah. With the handprint. Oh, the handprint one, I love the handprint yeah. one. And the filth one, too. I like, yeah. I like both of those. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that, like, 
I thought about like you know naming the album Filth or something so I could like get rid of those shirts. So <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that doesn't fit. <laughs> um, and that's very much Filthy Hands is just very much like a collaborative thing. Right. You know what I mean? It's its own little brainchild, and I think Saint Ripley. So for those listening who don't know, like shit about me, this is mm-hmm. like I started off. I went over went by the name Fiction. Mm-hmm. Um. And I don't know, I, I just always thought, I thought that was a cool name, you know, for various reasons or other, whatever, anyway. And didn't want to go by that anymore. I felt like that yeah. didn't captivate my art. Yeah. Like, it was just kind of like, it was just like the the stepping stone to, to mm-hmm. be where I am now. And I think I moved on to um, St. Ripley because I think it, it was time for a change, one, and I knew that that captivated um the artist that i am Mm -hmm. and i chose it because there's religious themes on this album Mm -hmm. right um it feels very punk like now that you've described it i was like oh it it does like i'm seeing like this encapsulation a little bit better yeah it's it's got this weird it so i I i'll go to the name let me talk about the name and then Mm -hmm. we'll like I, I get what you mean though yeah it's very very much feels like it's like a like a punk thing or yeah. something you know what i mean um and a lot of the art comes across as very like punk that i do for it as well but like i chose the the name saint because it's of course like religious and their religious themes and then ripley actually um you've seen the alien movies yep. yeah fucking a i love those movies well <laughs> Um, anyway, Ripley, um, Alan Ripley is a character, the main character mm-hmm. throughout those movies. And she is complete and total badass. I chose the name Ripley because like, I, I didn't feel it was like really like binary. It, it, it didn't really like belong to a man or a woman or anything no. like that. I felt like that's, um, non-gender specific. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I felt like in this day and age, like. I don't want to, I, I, I want to, I, I don't even know how to articulate it, really. I don't want to be Saint Nate. <laughs> that's not <laughs> shitty. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's not, I'm, right. this isn't Nate Hansen making music. This is Saint Ripley making music. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, there's this part of me that's, um, and I didn't want it to be confined to a specific, like, gender or identity. I can be whatever the fuck I want on a record. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I totally get that. It's I almost mean, like St. Ripley's like the vessel for your truth, whatever it's you know, the you're trying to convey. It's, it's, mm-hmm. the, it's the muse or whatever you're, you know, the costume you're putting on for yeah. the performance or however you yeah, want to describe it. Yeah, and there are, yes, most certainly, it's. I would say that. It's like, um, it's a separate entity of, of who I am. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um and there is, there's some, and it's, it's so funny because it's like, I don't know. Funny is not the right word. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's odd though, because there are parts of like that, of the record that are very much like Nate, you know, right. Nate Hansen wrote this, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are parts of it that are very much like, this is St. Ripley. So it's a, it's, um, it's an odd thing. It's an odd feeling because it's like, you know, there's songs on there about my relationship with my dad, you know, or there is right. a song and that's very, you know, personal. And that's very obviously not at all. Persona. Persona. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's real life, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but then there are things that are 
on there that are like a mix between reality and uh you know fiction and then then there's stuff that's like so fucking far off the deep end that's like literally like a crazy person wrote this right. like it, it's funny and that gives me the freedom to like say whatever the fuck i want it, it's know, really so. funny that the way you're talking about this right now because it's like super similar to what like things that i've written or have noticed that i've written it's like it's like this is not something that i could like it's not me writing this it's something else it's like mm -hmm. you know you're not writing it from first person or you are writing it from pers first person but it's not like the person that you are or the experiences you've had mm -hmm. you're articulating in a different way so i totally understand where you're coming mm -hmm. coming from with being able to you know like a crazy person wrote it in some mm -hmm. ways it's 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 weird like the ability to be able to distance yourself from your own you know the i you know the ego mm -hmm. so to speak and so I, it's, it's fascinating to be mm. able to do that, especially in, in music, because it's like me and Jordan have got into, it's like your average song is two and a half minutes or so. Mm -hmm. And you have to figure out how to convey the message you're trying to get across in that time period. Right. That's insane. It's like super intense mm -hmm. to just be able to manage that and then do, I don't even know how many songs you have in your album, but like an average album is like 12, mm -hmm. I think. So that yeah. depends on the genre. Right. Yeah. yeah. Give or take. But now you're starting to see longer albums. Yeah. Which is, I like it. You know what I mean? I've yeah. always liked just, want, like, <laughs> not hip-hop, but Chris Brown's latest album is, like, 30, Holy more songs or something ridiculous. You know what I mean? It's, like... <sighs> Two-disc, yeah. Yeah. Nuts, Drake did one and mm -hmm. Chris Brown, but he, they're not the first. I mean... Like, yeah, yeah, far from. It's... Anyone doing a double-disc, um, it's a lot of commitment. To be able to have that much confidence in uh, in yourself and to be able to put that kind of <laughs> that much material out that's, like, a, that's lot. a fucking it's, challenge. That's man. insane. I think those are very much collaborative works. So I don't like. I feel like that's more studio driven where yeah, they have songs yeah. and they're like, "Oh, you're the one who's going to sing this one." Yeah, like he's effectively just the artist in that sense. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. Um, not necessarily the songwriter. I mean, I don't know. I didn't look at the credits, but that's just what. I assume because it's very like that's what people say about Drake is also that he's doing that too. Yeah. Really? You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the rumor. So here's a question for both of you guys. Um, what do you guys think about like this, the way the music industry is like evolving into? Cause I really think that it's really starting to shift now where independent artists can have a lot more. It's not that they have a lot more power yet be like from money making, but I think it seems like it's getting easier and easier for, artists to break through on their own without having a studio behind them or having a label. So I was just curious what you guys would think about that. Cause I, I listen to a lot of stuff with a lot of the people who've controlled music industry, you know, Rick Rubin and things like that mm -hmm. in the nineties and stuff like that. And oh, he's still relevant. Oh yeah. He's super relevant. Yeah. The guy's a genius in my, in my <laughs> I get, yeah. he's put out, some, he's put out some really good stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I really respect him for, but just being able to kind of pull back the, the, the curtain, so to speak, from Wizard of Oz <laughs> and just kind of see the insides of the music industry is, is quite interesting for me. So I'm just curious what you guys think is like grassroots artists. Yeah. You want to go? Um, I guess I'm, I'm still figuring that out. It's, yeah. I mean, yeah. I didn't expect you to, to, to have a complete yeah. mm -hmm. answer for it, but I'm just curious where you think it's headed. Yeah. Um, I think, so I like where it's headed, but I don't like where it's at. Yes. If that makes sense. No, it does. So, from specifically a hip-hop perspective or okay so in a music perspective i've noticed if you partake in a different genre mm -hmm. it's easier quote unquote to make 
money, if that makes sense. Got so it. say you are in a band. It doesn't have to be punk, but just, you know, rock music band. Yeah, you more, know, more several, generic rock. Yeah. You can book gigs at, you know, now breweries, at some restaurants. You know, you can just book gigs. Yeah, I mean, uh, local still, still work, though. Yeah, it's still it's work. And even if it's cover songs, they're still you're making money that you can put towards your record or, mm-hmm. you know, promo yeah. or whatever, whatever it is you're working on at the time. Where in hip hop, there's not really like that isn't a thing. Like breweries aren't booking rappers. You know what I mean? It's just, and granted breweries aren't the number one venue <laughs> to blow up, but I'm just saying <laughs> like those kind of small things that over time add up a lot, especially if you mm-hmm. can get like a residency for lack of a better term, where you're there consistently. Yeah. Where you like, have a Thursday spot every night. Yeah. It's like a $300 check that you're getting twice a month that you can put mm-hmm. straight back into the music mm-hmm. hip-hop doesn't really have that now yeah that's, that's it's, true yeah it's so it's so saturated that there's opportunities you know mm-hmm. that there's a lot of opportunities but since it's so saturated you kind of have to take what you can get if that makes sense right so i think it's headed in the right i don't know if this makes sense but I think it's headed in the right place as far as independency goes, mm-hmm. but it's in the middle of it right now. Yeah. And so growing pains for lack of a better description. Yeah. Perfect. So, cause I, I mean, I've followed this a little bit just because I use Spotify all the time and just kind of seen the evolution. We've all seen it, right? We've grown mm-hmm. up in it, the evolution of the internet and then platforms changing from first, you know, buying albums to first wave iTunes where you could buy single tracks. And now we're at this streaming media platform where you can kind of have every song ever, don't forget piracy. That too. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what people use for piracy anymore. I'm no, sorry. I don't even. I think it's because I remember LimeWire. You know, for all those you know mm-hmm. '90s people. But out of outside of that, I can't even think of. It's what become it, more of a nuisance to pirate music than and that's than it is to spend the nine ninety nine for your fucking Spotify right. subscription. Like, like or I mean, the new Apple Music is the same way. I think yeah. at this point too. So mm-hmm. everything's kind of gone the streaming route, which is. It's a good and bad at the same time because you have this, you know, paradox of choice for the average consumer. They mm-hmm. have however many millions of artists and songs to pick from and mm-hmm. then for them to give you a chance to listen to your, you know, top three to five songs and then then to stick around is, you know, astronomical. It's become more of a it's more of a challenge even since um yeah, I started making music is people are because everything's just so more more stream based and stuff mm-hmm. and everything's just so much more accessible and yeah. the rise of all these like curated playlists and shit. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, that's how I get my music. I'm not sitting there fucking turning anyone's album on. I'm, I'm not, not, I mean, I am, but I'm not sitting, Unless it's, it's like, not like, it's not something that, it, that used to be all I did. Right. Right. That's yeah. what, like, I would, <laughs> that have, was your hobby. I would right? go to my fucking, <laughs> yeah, I would, you know, I would go to my iPod, I'd pick an album and I'd listen to, an album, maybe two albums by that artist, maybe three in that day, and like that was it. <laughs> um, but like now, I when I go to listen to music, I usually am like I'm turning on the Pollen playlist on Spotify. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't checked that out, it's pretty sick. I have listened to that. Yeah, one. it is good. It's good, and it's a and you don't have to. It's these playlists. A lot of times are not confined to a specific genre. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And you're catching things that are more, you know, folky or something that's going to have a like low key hip hop kind of yep. vibe to it. Some lo-fi, um, you know, lo-fi. instrumental beat or something. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? For real. Yeah. It's really cool. But the, the only thing that I think is just kind of crazy with it is just the, the back end that nobody really thinks about is just mm. how much like money you make per play. 
which is like cents on a thousand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just so crazy. And then if you have a label, they take like 40% of that or more. Depends on what your contract Yeah, it depends on the contract. Yeah. But it's still ridiculous. Like the only way you're making money is if you're getting multiple thousands of plays. Yeah. At all, you know, mm-hmm. and it just it just seems so astronomical that like once you get to the to quote unquote big leagues where you're getting millions of plays, it's just it just seems so daunting for <laughs> for people to even want to do that. Yeah. Yes and no. Which I, I I mean that's just on the streaming side of it, but I think you get more out of it from doing the the grassroots, and I think that's why when you're saying Chicago is really important mm-hmm. in the artist that you're trying to become mm-hmm. or becoming, and because that's where, you know, you can put your music out there and, like, let it just exist and have a long tail and get plays and plays and plays. Mm-hmm. But where you really get to show through is the, on the stage. Mm-hmm. And I've seen both of you guys on stage before, and it's it's very different than just listening to a song mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you get to add an extra layer to it. And I don't know if you want to expand on what it's like to be on stage because Jordan's talked about a little bit of it. and It's cool. It's different every time. Um, my brother says he gets a rush every time he goes up there. I don't get a rush like that. Really? No, not every time. Depends on the song. He gets like, I don't know. It depends on the crowd. Depends on yeah. how I'm feeling. Am I confident going up there? Am I like, am I not only like feeling confident? Am I like ready? Do I feel prepared? You know what I mean? Like, do I know this material? It's like I haven't done a shit ton of shows. I've done. I don't know, what, a dozen? Yeah. Something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Handful. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. it's, it just depends. Um, I don't know. But like talking about like the the money and everything that, you know, comes from streaming and all that, like it's very, you know, very minimal. Yeah. uh, What you see a return on that. Because the project I did with Dave, we actually got some decent plays on there. Yeah. I think we had like 50,000 or something on Spotify alone. So that was really cool. Um, but it's still minimal, you know what I mean? It's right. not not like we're seeing a ton of... <laughs> definitely not seeing the money we make back. Right. Or that, yeah, we, yeah. Put, or that we put in <laughs> back. We're definitely not seeing that. So where you make the money is like... It's just having multi multiple channels. And one of those yeah, would be like... Sure. Um, merchandise and stuff. Mm-hmm. We sold a shit ton of merch when we did the Suicide Boys show. I think we yeah. sold like four or $500 worth of shirts or something. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. That's a, that's a whole nother rabbit hole to go down because you have to buy all the different sizes of shirt and yeah. <laughs> have enough on hand or whatever. It's just... You got to create the artwork. Right. Just fucking... Yeah, you got to get to make sure it's the right material. Yeah. Like, I don't... Because people... So many artists just go for the cheapest, like, you know, gilded, mm-hmm. crappy t-shirts. And, like, that's not, that's not what represents St. Ripley. It's not what represented <laughs> Filthy Hands. Like... Yeah we believe in giving like good products to yeah. people, you know, yeah. like if you're going to spend your money on us, like you're going to get what you pay for. And like, for we're going to invest back in the, like making sure you get a good, good music, a good, you know, yeah. Posters or whatever the fuck we're, we're doing, yeah. you know, at the time. So mm-hmm. that's kind of my outlook on that. I totally agree with that. It's like give away 90% of what you do. And then if people want to support it, then make sure it's, you know, 200% of what they actually pay for. Right, because then, what the, you know, like if my favorite band has a shitty t-shirt that they didn't give a shit, it's just like, it's a big fuck you to me. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, cool, thanks for your money. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just totally disingenuous at that right. point. Mm-hmm. Especially because like, 
with something like this, it's it's so hard to put a dollar value on any of it. Mm-hmm. Realistically, like a band and like how much. I mean, you guys can. I guarantee you. I mean, just your whole trajectory that you just explained is how these artists and musicians have influenced your life. Mm-hmm. And Jordan has the same stories, yeah. and just different artists, and it's just right. It's crazy that these artists can have these massive impacts on you know growing people that don't know how to find their own way in the world and then they turn to music to kind of anchor themselves mm-hmm. and then to then never actually understand how hard it is to get to that point mm-hmm. yeah. and people just kind of assume it's just gray box and all of a sudden you go through the gray box and then come out and you were just, <laughs> so you just yeah. think it's the, a lot of people just think it's the music you know? yeah you just the music and then it's good right yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> no, <laughs> like I don't know. It just seems like there's this thing that people don't understand how much effort goes into this stuff, and that's why I'm trying to pull mm-hmm. at the threads here mm-hmm. as you mm-hmm. guys have gone through the process yeah. at different stages. It's crazy because there's so many. I feel like more than not, there's great artists out there. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? More so than not. I mean, you come across the ones that are like, "Wow, this isn't for you." You right. know what I mean? Right, like, right. I mean, it, it happens, but more so than not, someone who cares about it. There's a lot of people out there who are like, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term, just deserving. Mm-hmm. of being there and it's just the thing that like you just gotta continue to yeah. fucking grind yeah that's you exactly what we have to keep going because yeah. yeah my uncle said that to me you know one thing that all, all the people who have made it have in common they didn't stop they never quit yeah. they never quit <laughs> so if you want to make it like then you really just have to keep going mm-hmm. and like I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm still going. So when it gets hard, what what do you do? What do you? How do you st- keep that? Demon? Try not to shut down. Yeah. Frankly, yeah. Try not to shut down, and I do still shut down at times, and mm-hmm. I think that, um, I think that's normal. I think that's normal for for me. I think everybody mm-hmm. has a different experience, and I want the reason I'm open about it is because I want people to like who listen to this to know. Also, it's like, hey, like I'm not perfect. Like you. Sh- should also know that you can still do this shit and like learn how to overcome anything, you know? Right. So when it gets hard, it's like, yeah, it is sometimes where it's, I, I want to shut down and down. And sometimes like, I didn't even know I was doing it. And I wake up and I'm mm-hmm. like, Oh, I've been on fucking autopilot for a week and not even really like, I, I've just been kind of going through the motions. Right. And then it's like time to get back into it. Go to my yoga Smoke a little weed before yoga. <laughs> uh, there you go. And just to start working on like continuing to you know put myself in a more positive mindset. You know, yeah. it's I just work at it. Yeah, just work at it. And it's not a switch that gets flipped. It's not. I haven't attained perfection. I you know like, but I'm gonna keep going because at the end of the day, like this is part of who I am and this is what I need to do to get through it. And I, I have shit to say and I'm pissed off with the way the world is enough that mm-hmm. I made an album about it. That's a big fuck you to everybody. <laughs> and I'm going to yell it from the, the mountaintops because I, I think that things need to be different. Yeah. So that's knowing that I have that voice and I, it's very empowering and that also helps me push through it as yeah. well. So you just reminded me of a quote that I absolutely love and it's by Michelangelo and mm-hmm. it's criticized by creating. And it's like, that's like one of my favorite quotes ever yeah. because there's, because cool. there's so many people in this world that love to piss and moan and like the Ninja Turtle. <laughs> no, <laughs> dear God, <laughs> you looked at me for everyone listening. You looked at me like, are you fucking kidding me? I was like, wait a minute. Am I, I'm like, am I, did I say something stupid? <laughs> 
<laughs> Michelangelo, the Ninja Turtle. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was like, I'm like, I never, it didn't, it took a second for yeah, the, yeah, the, to connect the, it. To wires connect. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, that's the first image I thought of when he said Michelangelo, I pictured that. Yeah, I was I, like, that's not everything. I'm too much, I read too much, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you need to watch more Ninja Turtles. Man. I did when I was little, but it's been a long time. Yeah. It's been a hot minute. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I just think that instead of pretending like the world's going to fix itself and if you just complain about it and, you know, someone else will take care of it, you know, if you complain enough, mm-hmm. is not the right way to go about it. You know, you got to you gotta be the change before you can... That's what this album's about. That's how it wraps up. <laughs> That's how it starts. And the first song is called The Man Who Gave It All. Mm-hmm. And um, it's about, like, it's kind of a precursor to what gets outlined it, mm-hmm. it, it very well it's like it's about um you know being that change and like doing away with that old part of you and like the you know not that it's a linear journey or right an easy way easy thing to trim off you know yeah but, um that's the records about i like that a lot holistically if you're i mean there's a lot of other fucked up things but yeah yeah of course (laughs) there's always layers to these things Mm -hmm. but it's it's, i just think it's important that people kind of realize that the the only way you can see any way any make any sort of meaningful impact is by putting yourself in that position to try and even do that Mm -hmm. no matter how small of or an entity you are in any Mm -hmm. way because i just think that there's so many people that just sit on the sidelines and hope to be better or just say, eh, it's fucking broken anyway, so what? <laughs> yeah, I, I thought about that way. I thought about life that way a long time, but I, I think it's... I think either that that clicks to eventually or it doesn't, you know yeah. what I mean? And I think it's sad that it doesn't that it doesn't happen for all people. Yeah. It doesn't click for them, you know? Yeah. But I think it's the, the, mo- the best we can do is just... People who have realized that is like talk about it and encourage yeah. people who haven't. Like, so I still have friends like that I, I talk to and they they just like fuck it all. Yeah, you know what I mean. And do, they th- like, do they think what you're doing is like crazy and they don't? Oh, see I, it? yeah, <laughs> I lost most of my friends. I fucking walked away from a lot of people to do this. Yeah, because I was being criticized and I was just like fuck you. And because uh, people are unhappy when they see you doing things and you're trying to build something or do stuff, there's a, there's a, like a really high likelihood they start hating you. But it's not that they hate you; they hate themselves because they can't. They figure, want someone to join them in their misery. Either that, either that, or they just can't figure out how to escape their own thing mm-hmm. because they wish they could be like you, deep mm-hmm. down, but they just don't see it being a possibility. They just are stuck in their own little bubble, mm-hmm. and that. I mean, that's definitely hard. I can't, I can't even imagine. Like, I'm lucky that these guys... Oh, yeah, you guys have a really solid, like... <laughs> like, group. I'm lucky that these guys... Like, I told them, I was like, hey, I'm going to do this podcast. And somehow it just... They're like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> and it just... It still blows me away to this day that it's it's just getting more and more momentum behind it in mm-hmm. that respect where it's just... The more we do Good. it, the more they're continue like... Continue <laughs> to surround yourself by people like that. It's like, crazy. Yeah. And continue to surround yourself, you know, by pe- like with people like that because the more and more you can have people that lift you up like the better yeah you know what i mean like i don't yeah i i, I don't think having negativity is conducive you know what i mean yeah no. it might add a little fuel in the like an angsty song that i write or something right. like yeah. that but i it's overall it's not gonna help propel me forward and i think mm-hmm. now i'm at that point where i'm looking for those kind of people yeah you know? i mean i totally agree with that like i really view this stuff as like ripple effect in, in many ways like every person mm-hmm. you meet that's doing their own little thing you just it's just a little drop 
and then that ripple just keeps going, you know, for mm. every person you meet or every person that listens to this or whatever. It's just this never-ending cascade of people like, oh, shit, there are people that are fucking doing things that they find meaningful in their life. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to sit and accept what our parents or teachers told us, yeah. you know. We're lucky we have the internet for that sense because, like, dude, think about, I mean, we're all hearing, like, this is not the first conversation I've had like this this week. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. And how much of this are we realizing because of the internet and because of, you know, people, almost exclusively people like, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like people like Joe Rogan or Gary Vee who are on yeah. there fucking shoving it down your throat about, you don't have to put up with this bullshit, do whatever the fuck you want. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, we're, we're just very lucky to be in this age. You know it's a I mean? very unique time period. Yeah. Like people yeah. are going to write about this time period and it's going to be some sort of like explosion. And I don't even know what the, independent something or another. Like, I call it a goal. Like, for me, it's like a golden age of audio in some ways. Like, I, I think of it seriously as, like, this open communication, long form, you know, and it's still kind of grassroots where not a lot of people are really resonating so much with it yet. But this this conversational, like, no, not not anything can be distilled in the five minutes mm. or whatever sound bites you want to turn it into. Like, it doesn't work that way. People are complex. You mm. can't just assume people for what they are. Mm. And so you, when you... I think there's going to be a point where it's like, it's going to just hit people. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, lightning in a bottle. Mm. And then there's going to be a tsunami of just people realizing Because the more you hear about it, the more people are starting to realize, oh, wait, people like, like my ideas. And then they're starting their own thing and turning it into their own stuff and voice and you know, and that's what music is, right? It's turning your voice into a way to connect to people. Mm-hmm. I think it's a culture of openness is like mm-hmm. kind of happening. It's weird because I remember, I don't know if you guys, I remember growing up people, not to bring it this way, but people never wanted to talk about their political beliefs. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it was like, I mean, yeah, my, I remember my parents saying that like, you don't talk about religion. You don't talk about um Money, politics. Yeah. politics, religion and money. They're yeah. like the three things yeah. that you kind of stay away from. Yeah. And it's weird because now, you know more or less you know everyone who's their political beliefs you know what i mean so i feel like mm-hmm. it's which is it's okay to think differently you know what i mean it's okay to you know think this way think this way mm-hmm. but yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's not okay to put people in cages though and support yeah. fucking tyrants right <laughs> so right. no i will disagree <laughs> i will 100 yeah. percent disagree with well, that well no. no so that's specific but i mean the overarching belief to be like no i'm conservative that oh it can you, be fiscally conservative and all that right but you know you start stomping on other people's freedom mm-hmm. then you're not really a conservative are you it's not really that you believed in liberty in the first place you're yeah. you're oppressing other people right but and I f- we're going down that rabbit hole slowly <laughs> but surely maybe <laughs> yeah but part of that is what i like is before you wouldn't even know who was supporting it or just had no idea you know what i mean say they voted for this person and you never just because it. nobody talks about it like back then they just had no idea it was even happening but now mm-hmm. it's like people who may have voted for that person now can have these conversations that a lot of people are having and be like oh shit that's yeah. not what i thought i was getting into you mm-hmm. know what i mean so now they're kind of learning more about themselves and you see all these like, third party <laughs> organizations coming up it's i get i had people talking to me like early on they're like you know when trump first got elected or whatever Saying, oh, you know, we voted for Trump. Right? You know, I voted for Trump. It's like, okay. 
And I, I get curious now because I, uh, <laughs> I I loved it. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, like beyond that. I'm like, uh, I'm, imag I, I'm imagining you getting a target ready, and you're just yeah. like, all right, pin that one up. Yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, at that point in time, at that point in time, he was just a bigoted, you know, potential sex offender, you know, right. piece of shit. Right. Um, who we had no idea was going to be where, you know, bring us to where we are now. But now it's like I, I post this shit on Instagram, mm -hmm. like that, and I'll be pointing to like, hey, like actual human rights are being violated. People are being thrown in cages and mm -hmm. deprived of, you know, things that they need to stay alive, you know, like, and I, I'm curious as to, are they reading the same shit as I am? Are they looking at this and going like, oh, fuck, I fucked up. You know what I mean? And I hope, I hope they're... I hope that most people have that are willing enough to say like, I may have made a mistake and like, we need to write this wrong. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, you know, I don't know. It's, it's a weird position we're in these days. And I think like you said, there's not really a way to hide it. It's all out in the open now. And mm -hmm. it's not, it, I, I was given the same talk from my parents of like, you don't talk about religion and politics. Yeah. You know, like I, I was told that from like, table. like, four years old or, or yeah, like fourth grade or something like that. As was long as like, I can remember. Yeah. You know I mean? It was like one of the first conversations my parents would have told us like, Oh no, but that was, I'm a rabble rouser. My brother and I oh, both. Yeah. And we like, if like, no, like, no, <laughs> that's your punk route. A hundred percent. Like you, and, and especially when people's, when people are being hurt by this, you know, mm -hmm. and oppressed by this, like then that's, it, it means it's we're just so and, and the funny thing is we're just so privileged like that we're god it's how do i articulate this we're very like privileged in the sense of like we don't have to we don't have to bother with politics if we don't want to right i i wanted to never read anything from the new york times or listen to npr Mm -hmm. whatever if I, I i i didn't i won't i don't have to i could completely mm -hmm. go tone deaf block everyone on instagram that's posting that kind of shit and then just worry about my music and leave it at that mm -hmm. because i'm a privileged white male from the suburbs of in, of chicago right? right yeah um i think it's irresponsible of me not to use my privilege to help people who aren't as privileged as i am mm -hmm. right like it's just and, and when people tell me like oh i don't do politics i'm not i don't i i just don't i'm right. like you're privileged and you don't even realize it like there are people being literally you know thrown in cages or you know women who aren't being believed in these like rape circumstances and stuff because mm -hmm. the narrative has been to uplift white rich men for ever mm -hmm. I, I guess there's a line in the sand that that happened for me that you know was crossed a ways back and it's just like it's not not appropriate to use our privilege or not appropriate not to use our privilege <laughs> does that make sense right. we we have to we're obligated to and i think that's something that everyone everyone listening to this i hope that makes sense to you <laughs> well i mean it, like it's the privilege is not lost on me that i can legitimately i bought all of this equipment on my own right and i can then put this this is global like you can find this podcast on every mm -hmm. platform that exists for mm -hmm. podcasts and i'm just some guy in the northwest suburbs of fucking chicago and like mm -hmm. you know you can listen to us fucking talk about problems in our world or what we're dealing with 
at our own personal levels. Like, that's fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, to have that much power in your own, you know, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Like, I don't even know how to really describe it, and it still blows me away to think about that because it's crazy. Like, never before in history could some random anonymous person create something that is globally distributed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, it, and, no, and something as dangerous as words, right? Like, if you really think about it, like, how many times in government, in hist- if you look through history, people get silenced because of what they said? You know? Look mm-hmm. at Martin Luther from translating the Bible so more, more people could read it. No. <laughs> like no further than shit like that where it's like you, t- you you take lightning out of the bottle and give it to everybody else you know Prometheus stealing fire yeah it's uh, it's crazy and a little bit and the only thing I would say like to kind of just give I don't really talk about politics a lot we do talk about things that do turn political because it is philosophy mm-hmm. at, at its core is I try to stay away from talking like adding my own two cents to the mix on the big problems mm-hmm I, I personally think that just at like the systems and stuff that are in place are so complex and so beyond comprehension to even the people in power. Don't forget oppressive. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> big and complex equals <laughs> many things. Yeah. And I, I just think that by adding your two cents to the mix adds more noise than signal. And sure, it can add up to something that may, hopefully breaks through, and that's fine. I, so I, I think that changing people, you know, yourself first and then those around you and going from there, grassroots, the whole thing mm-hmm. is kind of the better way to change. I think, ways. yeah. And I think, I think you're right to, I, I think you're right. And cause we can't really have a massive change. A massive change can't exist unless people start to change individually. Yeah. Right. And I think that, yes, you're hitting the nail on the head for some of that, but I also think like, it's also not appropriate for just to wave a white flag. If there are, if there are what, again, we're just going to keep going full circle here. You know what I mean? No, I, but it's, it's, I I think for me and and everyone has their own, their own route to get there. And you believe a change internal first, you know, and pushing people to have that internal changes. It's, is that correct? Yeah. For the most part. Um, Whereas for me, it's like, that is nice, but not everybody else has that luxury. True. And until everybody else can have that luxury too, I think yeah. I'm going to be loud as fuck yeah. no, and try yeah. to piss people off and say like, hey, there are things <laughs> that we can change right. by changing who our leaders are. Mm-hmm. Right. I agree. I mean, I really, I do agree. I just, you know, different methods. Yeah. yeah. And um, go ahead, Jordan. Yeah, I was going to say, personally, I hate politics. I do. I know you don't agree, but I'll get to my point. You hate, you is, hate the drama behind po- yes, behind, you hate the You hate the theater behind yeah. it. You don't hate politics. And that's another right. thing. People always say, I hate politics because it's, it's, it's purposely convoluted. Yeah. They purposely try to get those words intertwined, but right. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, so yeah, in that sense, I hate what it is, not what it should be. If mm-hmm. that makes sense. It's just too much. It's too much. Like it's this or that. And I hate anything that's this or that. Like, I like kind of floating in between, you know what I mean? So I'm big not, floater guy. Yeah. I'm a big floater. Guy. My floaties <laughs> on at all times. <laughs> but I would say I'm a floater for yeah. the most part too. <laughs> it's just it, lot from a logistic standpoint. Doesn't make sense. Like it doesn't make sense to be like, I'm a hundred percent like this. No, you're not. No one's a hundred percent anything. You know what I mean? It does mm-hmm. not make sense anyway, mm-hmm. going off a little bit, but um, the way I view how people in their specific like whatever they're doing in their life should should kind of tackle their political beliefs because at the end of the day, not everyone is a politician. 
right? Mm-hmm. So some people don't have the knowledge to really put forth a, you know, a sound argument in that kind of political debate. Like, I'm not going to sit down next to fucking whoever you're, you're the best debater is uh, Shapiro. Yeah, so, like, I'm not going to sit next to Ben Shapiro and have a political debate with them because he's right. going to... Joe would be a better person to talk... Like, something like examples. that, but he's more yeah. into that kind of thing. Yeah. I'm not. So he would, you know, fuck me up, but it's not even that he's right. It's just I'm not... I don't have that skill set, if that makes sense. Right. So You've never fought I, in that arena. Right. Quotes. <laughs> so where my power would come from is the outlets that I am knowledgeable on. So like music, writing, and stuff like that, I can speak my truth in that sense and kind of try to teach people or, you know, as you see it. project, yeah, project my beliefs and how things should be in that vein. And that's what I think most people should do unless they have, again, those skill sets that they can be more forthright. Right. If that makes sense. I, I'm, I'm not going to be going toe to toe with like <laughs> Ben Shapiro either. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or, yeah. I'm not going to be going up there and talking with Bernie Sanders or AOC or mm-hmm. Nancy Whoever. Pelosi or uh, the, <laughs> the most intelligent of them all, Donald Trump. <laughs> uh, no, obviously that's a joke. Um, but yeah. If you couldn't hear the that's why, sarcasm. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, uh, that's why I'm writing, doing this through music too. You right. know what I mean? Like I'm not, not claiming I have all the answers. That's for smarter minds than mine. Right? Right. People who are trained in those arenas. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can say it's like, there's still I, I still think what I have to say needs to be said because no one's saying it. So. And that's totally fair. I mean, there's there's a lot of people that have felt the same way mm-hmm. at different periods of time, right? You know, it just takes someone to take the first step yeah. sometimes. Mm-hmm. And there are other people out there who are saying the same shit. I think it's just, I think we just need to give, we need more people to be more courageous, mm-hmm. more people to stand up because I think people are scared right now. Yeah, it's important yeah. for people like like when Eminem did his whole little verse, like shitting on Trump. You know what I mean? BET Awards or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and I think that was important because it's like who he is. And I don't know if you guys ever realized this. He was someone who was like, and I always thought this was weird, but people would be like, "Oh, I really don't like rap. I hate rap, but I love Eminem." And I was like, "Well, that's, well, a that's weird fucking one. weird." You know what I mean? Like that doesn't. He's he raps. Like, what do you mean? You know what <laughs> I mean? And like he. Get, so to me that was always a weird comment i don't like rap but i like That's eminem weird kind of strange but for him to be in that position where people say things like that mm-hmm. and then to kind of you know i'm sure a large part of his fan base voted for trump you know what i mean and for him to come out and be like yeah i might lose some fans but this has to be said so like, human rights violations right. that are going on there's this like we are already in fucking crisis mode and everyone's just like well, like I talk about it at work. I'm like, yo, like shit's going, shit's hitting the fan, man. It's already, it's bad. Like, well, the problem is there's Netflix to binge watch. Stranger things. Have you seen it? (laughs) My dad's already done. (laughs) Like, I'm serious. Like part of it, the problem is that there's too much shit to people pay attention to. Like to, Mm -hmm. to, to, to for a They're fatigued. I mean, there's a lot of things that, you know, there's an energy crisis. There's a food crisis. There's a lot of fucking shit that needs to get fixed. But the problem is, People are worried about what's on TV tonight or what to binge watch or when to get drunk mm-hmm. because they haven't, they just don't, you one, either don't care or two, it's just, they have to do too much 
work to get into it because they work a job <laughs> and then they have a life or family they're, kids. they're oppressed by the the wage system right i like guess whatever it is that you know not everybody's gonna be able to do it unfortunately like it yeah. in a perfect world it'd be great but mm -hmm. unfortunately there's a finite number of hours in a day and how much you can oh i know on. i still i still have to work a day job right in order <laughs> and i'm i'm burn the candle at both ends constantly mm-hmm but to me, it's worth it because it's, it's what needs to be done. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, I think that's why people separate, like what you were saying, is when people get angry at you or hate you for what you're doing because you're not... I haven't been lucky enough for that, <laughs> that, that to happen too many times. You know True. I mean? But I'm mean, just saying, like, it, it's why people, like, when you see you do stuff, they, the first instance is to ask why. Like, when you get nothing for to return from it or mm -hmm. you just see you fatigue yourself or whatever, they're like, why are you doing that to yourself? Like the biggest one that I use as an example all the time is like when people first see you working out and stuff, mm -hmm. it's like, why would you want to do that? Like, why would you want to run two, three miles a day or do whatever? You know what I mean? People look at you like, what the fuck? Or it's like, why would you want to deprive yourself from eating chocolate <laughs> or having something like you know, Jordan's like an outlier because he can eat whatever he wants. Yeah. I, well, I mean, I've <laughs> I'm been, kidding. No, dude. no, you're, you're not. But <laughs> I, I am, but I am. Do, but I'm not. <laughs> even, even physical health, it's a little different because people know. Like, pe I mean, if you don't know, then shit, man. Like, but people know that you need to take care of yourself because it's, mm -hmm. it's directly apparent. And like, you can, True. you know what I mean? You can have a night drinking, smoking hella cigarettes, eating whatever the hell you want and you feel it the next day. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a direct like snap. But some of these things that are so far away for like you know what i mean like yeah. quote unquote so no, yeah, when they're really weird. not they're really close to home but like you know you live in your little bubble like you say you go to work come home watch if you go to work so you don't see what's going on next door because you're mm -hmm. trapped in your in your cycle which is weird because that's what my article is about but because <laughs> um, <laughs> you're trapped in your cycle so people don't see that kind of thing so the more complex and big as you were saying before as things get it's easier to be like well i'm just gonna not focus on that at all because it's so big and complex so i'm just gonna watch my netflix which mm -hmm. is why as a like screenwriter now i think it's so important to have substance and to make people think one and for to be saying something you know in music too you have to be saying something whatever mm -hmm. it is you're saying you can't, like that I, you have to say something it can't all just be like let's just have fun there's a time and place for it mm -hmm. but in the grand scheme something has to be said that you believe in they're mm -hmm. trying to relate to the masses and say this is what the world should be or what i think the world should be you know what i mean yeah. to get people out of their bubble and to be more conscious <sighs> of things going on i can dig that that's it's uh i think that really kind of cuts through the a lot of the you know the minor disagreements that we have looking at it our own ways and it's kind of the the whole point of it right like you can't just have one viewpoint in any area. Like it takes a whole bunch of different tools to solve a problem, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Especially as one is, as big and complex as this. And I, I'm just glad there's more people. Because I think there's a lot of people too is that when you realize there is a problem, it's not that only one solution is going to be the right one. It's a little bit of everything is going to help solve it. Mm -hmm. And so the more people coming at it from different angles, the better mm -hmm. in general. Yep. So we are just over an hour. So cool. if you want to... Wrap it up with any links, release dates, the whole deal, because this will be releasing the Monday before your album release. So, yep. So, um, album starts. I, I'm doing a what I'm calling an episodic album, right? Ooh. So, 
Uh, it's going to be a song every week because, mm-hmm. again, this is a concept album. So mm-hmm. starting on 7-26, July 26th, we'll see the first song, The Man Who Gave It All. Um, and that'll start um, That'll start streaming everywhere that day, followed by New American Dream, which is track two. Um, got some really exciting features on the record. Yes. Um, I'll announce it here. I've got uh, Superboy from Her to Everybody, uh, which that song, um, he's on... It's called Roses, and then there's um, another song on the album called, um, I'm not going to tell you what it's called. We'll wait till it, it comes out, but uh, <laughs> Mick Jenkins is on that one. So um, very excited. It's very, very, very um, awesome uh, to, to be able to work with such amazing artists. Not only that, um, was able to you know record it on my own but get it all mixed with uh brian uh schwaller over at classic studios which is a big studio out here in chicago um works with some really great producers uh my buddy tj beats uh did a couple songs on there um my friend john drake um and then of course uh nate fox from uh social experiment just chance the rappers thing a few few instrumentals on there as well and then there are a few other ones um yeah it's it's been a really great experience and I'm really excited for everyone to hear it and i think um people start to understand once they once we get a few weeks in yeah what what the fuck's going what, on what, and what, what kind I'm, of picture you're painting what picture i'm painting and it's very exciting and cool um i really appreciate you having me on i appreciate you telling your story and being open to share all your nothing about it nothing about it baby <laughs> I, I gotta say this is probably one of the first ones that we actually got like really political for the first time and oh we didn't even no, we, so we're not really we didn't even scratch the yeah. surface i know i know we didn't scratch the surface yeah. but just even scratching the surface, you know, we did the mm. sniff test yeah. more than anything. So I've, I've heard naked political. This was not that. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I've I've heard snippets mm. with Joe in the press, and maybe one day we'll have to do that. Yeah, you should invite that. my brother here. <laughs> you got yeah, you got the diet seven up version. That's <laughs> what you just got. He'd be fucking sitting in the corner rolling his eyes being like fucking bootlicker hearing me talk. <laughs> so, yeah, there's... um, There's layers to this, right? La- yeah. <laughs> so he's um he's a very intelligent guy. I think you should have him on. We'll, uh, we'll talk to him, see what we can work on. <laughs> Alrighty. Cool, man. Sounds like, sounds like a plan. All right, everyone. That's it. Peace. Yep. Thanks again. I want to take a quick second and talk about how you can support our show. I believe this is the most honest way that I can connect with you, the listener, and put it in front of everyone. You can support our show for as little as 99 cents a month. We release four podcasts a month, all at an average length of about an hour. That means you are supporting us at just 25 cents an hour. That's that's cheaper than the dollar menu. I think it's safe to say that we provide more value than that. And if you learn anything from our content, please consider becoming a supporter today with the link in the description of any episode or on the website at feedingcuriosity.net. And with that, thanks for listening and please enjoy the show. You just listened to an episode of Feeding Curiosity. Thank you all for listening and tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a like, subscribe, go check out the website over at feedingcuriosity.net and all the other things that we're doing there. And once again, thank you all for tuning in and we will see you in the next episode.